the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 163, recorded Friday, October 3rd, 2014. No, not yet. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I don't know why I'm here, except they keep letting me come back. So, uh, I'm your host for, uh, for today's episode. With us, uh, the incomparable left side of my brain, Mr. George Tucker, Engineering <laughs> Coordinator for World Stage. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Thank you, sir. Good to be on again. And for those who are just listening to the podcast, and if you are... Uh, thank you. Uh, if you're watching, you'll notice that George's lower third has some sort of revolutionary hero with two no. <laughs> guns for some reason. Who is that? That is that is Adam Ant, stand and deliver. Ah, very nice. Very well done. <laughs> did you, by the way, did you guys, never mind, I'm not going to go, I was going to say that, that they were making an Ant uh, Marvel uh, movie, but that totally yes, left are. field. So, all right, also with us is Bill Brown from BD Brown Communications. How are you, sir? I am doing great, sir. How are you? I am well. I am well. Uh, good to have you back on. Uh, and last, last but not least, uh, the newest, newest, newest member. Uh, he's not the youngest member. I would like to point that out. He's the same age as I am. Uh, but the newest member of, of the AV Nation family. Uh, Mr. Chris Netta, what? <laughs> Rock on, man. How are you? me under the weather, but I'm going to try to get through this hey you know what we're all drug induced in some way shape or form <laughs> i've got i've got mountain dew right now so that's that's my drug of choice today so excellent, excellent. We'll, we'll talk about uh what what exactly i meant there and uh red band and and AB nation and a bunch of other really cool things this week uh but first and this is not really a story just to kind of say hey this is kind of something cool last couple of years um couple shoot lord probably 10 years now um Infocom International has done something where every October they've taken seven days a week and said, you know what, let's let's celebrate the industry, right? They called it AV Week, um, and oddly enough, that's the name of our podcast. Seriously, it's not oddly enough. That's exactly where I got the name from, um, was, was their celebration was of AV Week. <laughs> so uh, I'm not kidding, Bill. That's exactly – seriously, that's, that's where I got it from. Um, and, uh, and so I think they got a little ticked off at me and said, you know what, screw you guys. We're going to call it AV Month. Uh, no, not really. They they like us, uh, but seriously, they they they're celebrating the entire month of October. So celebrate AV Month. Do something the uh, the 31 days of October. Maybe uh, on Halloween you can dress up as a you know a, a series uh, System Seven switcher or something. So, uh, but uh, but st- keep console a, TV. Yeah, a console TV. Uh, you know what? A CRT a CRT would would be very nice as as a Halloween uh, Halloween outfit. <laughs> some paper mache and some uh, yes. aluminum foil. You'll you'll be right. Little uh, macrame. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, seriously, it, it, take a look. Uh, if you're on social, look at, at Twitter and and LinkedIn and, and and Facebook. A lot of companies do a lot of really neat things. 
Um, my favorite, right, honestly, the last couple of years has been uh, Listen Technologies and Corey Shaper. They do some really, really cool things with AV Week. Uh, the the Wave Group does some really cool things. Obviously, Embocom does some really cool things. So just check them out if you would, please. So. All righty. Uh, we have not really had a regular show where we've been able to talk about some things over the last month with some of our travels and, and th- some things that we've, we've covered. So let's kick something off that we have not had a chance really to, to delve into, and that's Crestron Ping. Uh, if you're not familiar with what Ping is, they started, t- they started teasing this uh, back in July and August uh, on their social and their marketing. Uh, one of the campaigns they had, they showed people throwing away their laptops. And for those of you who are not in the programming side of AV, uh, Nine times out of ten, honestly, that's what you're working with, right? Because it's a lot easier to program it on a laptop than take it to the site and, and load it up. And the idea was here was, was that you you got rid of your laptop, right, to to to, to configure this system. So at Cedia uh, in Denver this year, uh, about two or three weeks ago, they unleashed Ping on us. Uh, really cool little configuration software. It really was. Uh, it was. It's an app-based uh, system. It is. It is. It is geared towards the home market. However, I'm going to throw a curveball at the three of you. The more I think about Ping, the more I think that they could actually take this and kind of eh, one little tweak here, and they could also hit the, the K-12 market pretty heavily uh, because of the simplicity of it and because of, of everything. Uh, George, we'll kick this off with you. What, uh, first of all, your, your initial impressions of Ping, uh, and where do you think uh, they're going to go with this? I think it's a long time coming, uh, especially from that center point. Uh, Steve Greenblatt, did the article and he's been talking a lot about it um, in the essence that end users wanted to be able to configure stuff on their own and didn't want that cost of bringing someone in to just do that right yeah the biggest complaint you hear from guys going how much to just change the buttons um, so that part of it I think they're really good they're following the footsteps of what um, control 4 was doing for a while yeah. having that little user screen uh, control 4 actually had a little program that they that they allowed end users to download change certain things. I think it's inevitable. Uh, we can browbeat and we can gnash teeth all about programming being needed and this really shouldn't be happening. Certain circles are saying it, but it's inevitable. You get to the point where those programming tools are so reliable and useful that you can do a quality, reliable system just by doing that. What does it mean? I still think m- many, many installations will need more in-depth, bigger uh, programs, but for your standard, you know, just under a million dollar stuff, I think you're going to really fly with this. Holy wow, that that surprised that 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 high of a ceiling. Well, to see what I've seen from the gear so far, I think you're heading towards that. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, why 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 would it not? That's my question. Well, you you raise a good point. I mean, it it does do a lot of things. I mean, it, it uh, according to the the demo they did, um, they had a, a video plus they had an actual product there. George is right. They they do interface with an awful lot of things, just everything from shading to lighting to obviously your 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 uh, your AV system. So, uh, Mr. Neto, uh, where do you where do you see Ping landing here? Right now, I think it's uh, targeted more for the residential side of the business, but I could see a home sometime later in the future, a little bit more horsepower, and it could definitely make its way into uh, into the in, into a small uh, huddle space. I mean, I've been screaming for it for for some time now we need small devices uh if you add some control to it and stuff like that yeah it'll be uh you know the the control the the ability to add what we do in the commercial side meaning you you add the matrix you have the simple on off control buttons 
um, it'd be nice. Um, there you go, Tim. What What if you don't? Here's the thing. What if you don't add the matrix? Right. I mean, I, there is a, a a system I'm doing now. It's good lord. I have 300 hours of programming in this thing. Um, and don't don't. It's it's not that you know. It's not that big. There's just a lot of rooms, right? And mm -hmm. I've got six rooms in this system that's being ran by an MC3, which is a, a Crestron smaller processor. And they're using the display as the switcher, right? They've only got two sources in this room. Mm -hmm. Is that something that maybe the, the ping could take over someday? Are this, these smaller huddle spaces where they're using the display as, as the switcher? Or maybe kind of beef it up a little bit more and, and take care of some basic conference rooms or some basic boardrooms where, you know, maybe you do have a simple... A switcher or a simple, you know, maybe a simple DM switcher, like a, a, a yeah. four by one or something like that. Yeah, it, and especially in the in the smaller uh, huddle spaces where, you know, you're you're starting to see now more um, web-based applications and yeah. uh, for video conferencing. So if it's driven by your PC, that's an input to the TV. Yeah, I, I guess the TV could do it. Is it as clean or as um, nice as what we're used to doing? Probably not. Uh, will there be some bumps in the road? Yeah, but you know, if we can take that, add some control to it, yeah, it it, it may work. I mean, these little spaces, these these huddle spaces, are pretty much revolving around three types of technology that go in there. Okay. Uh, at least in my space, they they're looking at wireless technology, wireless display technology. They don't want to see the wires on the table because it's a small table, it's a small space to begin with. So they want to get rid of the wires on the table. They want to present from a laptop, and they want to interact either with traditional video conferencing or with Blink. So you're looking at a, you know, TV with three inputs essentially. Could you do it? Yeah. I just I, I haven't played with it yet to to say you know where it is you know where where the future lies. Yeah, and it's it's not. You're right to your, to your point. It's not as pretty. It's not as clean. But it's also depending on the switcher you put in thousand two thousand dollars cheaper per room and and when you slap in 10 of these rooms per per installation you know that that adds up pretty quickly so well you as a former tech manager would know that that would appeal right away Absolutely. to the educational market yeah the, well, the last the last good lord three or four years i was a tech manager i had a, a design where we ran everything and the, the projector was was our switcher as well as our our audio router as well and then we, we dumped it out and, and fed it into an amplifier and not to bore you guys with my stupid designs. So, uh, Mr. Brown, where do you see uh, where do you see ping landing? Um, and if, if it's, is it just a residential thing, or do you see it maybe kind of crawling out into, into other things? Well, when I read this, it it seemed like I don't think it about to come out into launch and everything. But I really think that. Um, if they would have done a little more focus grouping or in other markets, you could probably get a lot more use out of this. There's there's a lot of different um, verticals that can I guess can customize their way of, of using this control in different in different settings, and so this this could be a a, a lot more versatile than I think how it's presented right now. Just like you said in the beginning, you think um, it could really um, kind of transform the K through 12, you know, you know market, I'm sorry, um, K through 12 market, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, um, that can do it if we really look and try to find you know, a way to um, make 
control simple or, or easy or you know are, are are more manageable or done a different way. I think they they kind of they're ahead of themselves, but they they kind of um, kind of miss the mark in in in, a, in, in some sense in kind of doing this. So I'm kind of mixed on this. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'm going to be interested to see is the first time somebody tries to crack it and modify it, um, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's oh man, it's going to happen. Um, Pepper Dash or somebody like that's probably going to do it. So either that or our, our buddy at One Firefly uh, is going to crack that thing open and you know put a nice One Firefly splash page all over the front of it. So you know, you know what's interesting about this though is this technology they're using. And I'm not sure it's built on it, but four, five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. There was a company out there that was doing stuff like this. They developed a program for their company, for their guys, and that's what they did. It was all preset, and they went in and just did little programming switches to make the thing custom to what the uh, environment was. It was commercial, yeah. but they were looking at residential, but that's the reliability of it again. They were doing this back in the 2 Series yeah. with stuff, and you know it was all big big code, but I'm sure what Crestron has done is condensed it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see AMX getting into it, Control 4 pumping up that a little bit more, maybe even Savant and RTI. It, it reminded me, I had never seen a, a good uh, demonstration of Control 4's interface like this. And I got a chance to do it. There's a there's a video of it on, on our YouTube page from from Cedia. It reminded me a lot. It's the, the Control 4 one reminded me a lot of, of the ping setup interface at least not obviously the the, the touch uh, interface or the, the customer experience right. interface so all right Tim, yes sir before you end that my question to you and to the group is uh, by the looks of the product um, the size the it's it's definitely doesn't fit the Crestron you know standard square box and stuff like that uh, do you think that they're positioning this to one day be sold at the box store to go against mm -hmm. the the solutions that I walked into the other day at the big box store, and there is now rows of smart home connected products. Uh, I'll I'll take it first, and then if anybody else wants to jump in, I I don't see that. Um, the one caveat I'll put is if they're ever sold, right? And that's a big if. And there's I have no knowledge. There's no rumors that I know of. If they're ever sold to a public company, one that it has to answer to shareholders and things, things of that nature, I absolutely see it. Right? It's a it's a good way to make uh, investors feel you know all warm and fuzzy because they're expanding their reach and they're expanding the market. But as Crestron sits right here right now, I, I don't see them doing that because I think that you're going to tick off a lot of a lot of dealers and a lot of significant dealers if you if you start going down that road. So. Yeah, because you know that they're one blister pack away from putting that on a on a hanger. You know, and selling it right next door to everything else that's selling themselves. You know, it sells itself as a, you know, home product. If if now this thing is an app base, the, once you start talking app based solutions or app based programming, you're sort of going down that path of, you know, anybody can do it. And when anybody can do it, why not put it out in a place like that? Yeah, the the list price on that I think is five ninety nine for for those yeah. with the MSRP mm -hmm. on five ninety nine. It still may a bit, bit a, a, be a bit pricey for the DIYers who are usually looking in that, you know, two to three hundred dollar range, you know, I would say, or hundred to three hundred dollar range. But it has all the, it has all the prettiness to end up on a shelf like that. 
but I agree with you. It's it's definitely, you know, Crestron will control that, and you know, there is no rumors, there is no none of none of that being spoken to. But you know, the design of it, everything to me looks like something that would end up. Here's here's the only other thing with that, and yeah, yeah the list price I believe is like five ninety nine. Um, it requires other things, <laughs> right? <laughs> it requires uh, Crestron lighting. It requires not necessarily Crestron, but it requires smart lighting. It requires smart shades. Um, uh, the demo they they were showing us somebody's house had, you know, uh, I believe it was a Schleg Schleg uh, lock, you know, with the the wireless lock the Internet of Things lock. So it requires other things than just that one box. That's why I don't think that that makes a whole lot of sense in addition to the fact that it, you know, uh, tick off a lot of (laughs) dealers. Well, I got then, I got a better idea. I I think in some cases, DIY guys and and see what they can do. The DIY guys that are on the show, guys like Anthony and uh, Tim and Gray, and let them play, see what they can do. Go ahead, Bill. (laughs) No, I, I, I think it, it it would be something that they they would uh, look to put on a shelf as a, a, a trick side opportunity, you know, to, to do it and would do like you said, Tim, to um, basically just um, upset a lot more people and create uh, more of a market share and it just will defeat the whole purpose. But I, but I, I, I but I think Crestron has, has those tendencies to kind of say, oh, I'm going to take it a step further, um, to kind of put our brand out there and then finish that brand. Yeah, uh, and and I would agree with that. Um, George, did you have something? Well, I mean, I think I was going to say that I'm agreeing with everybody here. They are, but a step or a heartbeat away from being able to do this commercially. The trouble comes down when you install some of the very high-tech gear that really cannot be installed by the consumer as of yet, DM, for what? Um, maybe some structured wiring can, wiring can be done by the homeowner, but I think you would more likely see Crestron inside of certain gears than yep. you will see Crestron on the shelves. I think they're very wise for keeping that luxury brand, even if it is a starter pack luxury brand, on the sh- uh, off, you know, in the in the world, than having it on the shelf. I think they would dilute the quality of it, even if they were to be bought by a company and shareholders. That's how you would merge it out. Yeah, and they were already. And it could come up with a four chime logo. <laughs> well, Bing, Bing, Bing. Uh, <laughs> one, two, that was only three. And then they're actually starting down that path, right? They've got a number of, um, uh, both. Um, Lord, it's, it's Friday and my brain's gone. Uh, three LCD as well as DLP projectors that are already starting down that path, right? Yeah. Uh, they're on the HD Base T uh, uh, Council as well as on the ABB Council. So they're talking to a lot of other manufacturers that can accept their signals. So, uh, All right. Speaking of displays, um, one of our favorite things to talk about, at least over the last year or so, has been 4K. And good Lord, um, yeah. I know it's a Vizio. Don't anybody yell at me. But from Tech Times, a 50-inch 4K for less than a thousand bucks. Well, it's a thousand bucks. Let's just let's call it call it what it is. Nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. So a thousand-dollar 50-inch 4K display. 
Mr. N- Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Tucker, are you in on this, or are you just, you know what, it's 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 too soon, or it's a Vizio, or whatever? Uh, are we getting there? I mean, somebody said, uh, I think it was uh, um, it was uh, Justin last week said, you know, the reason that they're pushing 4K is because, you know, it's cheap for Sony to make. Uh, is that what we're seeing here? Well, I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Absolutely, um, it's cheap to make now. The parts are there; they're ubiquitous, as it were. Um, my question, not having seen it, it is what it is. It's made by the company that makes what it makes. I would have two questions as to how clear is it really? Is it really 4K? Can it adapt to, you know, the UHD versus 4K? And how long will it last? You know, a thousand bucks sounds cheap in that world. Expensive to some, as the article says, cheap, but if it only lasts for two years, it's not really worth the money. Um, you know, and my bigger question to get to see it, does it have off-air capability? Because that's what yeah. I really want. <laughs> if you're a cable cutter and you want that 4K, that might be worth it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is you know, the other thing is um, for you know, cable cutters and, and, and for some internet streamers, you know, 4K still is not yeah. quite there yet, so... Uh, Bill, what do you think when it comes to a thousand dollar four K, even it's even if it's from Vizio? My, my first thing was this is not real. You know, am I being punked or you know or something? Um, it is. I mean, the still. You know, I've talked to a couple of my clients and potential clients about four K, and and I was like, well, it's not there yet. Don't worry about it. And then when I saw that, I was like, how can they be doing 4K already. Yeah. Uh, so it was just, I just really, is it like almost 4K? Is it like, you know, 3.98? Um, I just don't know um, right now really trying to, I guess, introduce 4K and embrace 4K to have Zio be out at this price. Yeah, that would that yeah. I, it, but it's Vizio, right? And Vizio is one of the <laughs> biggest manufacturers or biggest uh, sellers at, at Walmart. Which you start getting into Walmart, you start selling th- you know sub thousand dollar displays there. There's a good pl- chance that they're going to get you know the market saturation on them is going to rise very very quickly. Uh, Mister Netto, where do you say about a thousand dollar four K? I think that this is Vizio doing their part to uh, put the 4K word out to the everyday folk. Uh, is it real? Yes. I'm sure that there is a what they call their version of 4K. If it's not true 4K, it's a, it's close to it. Maybe, um, maybe it's not going to have the quality that we're expecting and that we're seeing on commercial displays. But what Vizio has done over the past few years is this is their MO. They will take what everybody else, I guess, is driving. They had, you know, 60-inch, 80-inch TVs doing 1080p while everybody else was selling, you know, the 1080p, 60-inch TVs for thousands of dollars. They cut the price, and it became part of what a customer would walk into the big stores and ask for. Yeah. You know, it's awareness, at least the 4K. So to anybody who is, um, you know, on the commercial side, yeah, you're not going to play with it, but your customers are now going to come in and say, "Well, I have a 4K TV and I paid a thousand bucks for it." Now, is 
as as much as we've argued that point before, uh, you know, it's coming from the consumer side. Yeah, they're at least getting some sort of education to come in and ask for it. It's not just so much a blind. Oh, I saw the Sony 4K uh, ad during the World Cup. You know what is it? And then when they spring it on them, oh, that yeah, you want that TV? That's a four or five thousand dollar TV. And then they're taken back. Well, I'm not ready for 4K. Now all of a sudden they are ready at a thousand bucks. So now there's going to be talk about it, and there's going to. I I I've always been the guy who's always said, you know what, this this is going to drive me nuts on the commercial side because they have it at home. They're going to want to bring it to here. Yeah. How do I justify a better monitor or a commercial grade monitor when there's thousand thousand dollar four K TVs being sold? Um, the fact is, is that at least they're coming in with a little bit of knowledge, regardless that it may be a you know a fifteen year old or sixteen year old kid at at one of these stores trying to give them the knowledge, at least they understand the difference or at least get the you know the basis of why 4K over 1080p or why that over some other you know crazy brand. Can I ask a question, George? I'll, George, I'll kick it off with you because you mentioned the the longevity and the the quality of the not the quality, but you know, how long it can last. I, I was talking to a client this week, and, and I, I work for a company we were design consulting, and also we do independent programming. And I was talking to an integrator client, and he was showing me their showroom and, and pointing out a, a TV, that, a display that they've started using. It's a, it's a, it's a consumer brand. It's a consumer-grade um, display. And his comment was this. He said, this display, it was an 80-inch. It was for a VTC system. This display, the commercial version of it is three times the cost of this consumer version. And... Even if it lasts half as long, it's still a win, right? Because then you're only replacing it twice as opposed to three times. Is that a valid argument, George, for, for not even going down the cons, con, con, uh, the, the pro professional-grade line because they are more expensive? I think that really is a management of expectations. What is it you want and what are you looking for? And we've made this argument long and, and hard about how sometimes the AV industry does get caught in its own trap of disposability. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's only good for so long, and who cares? It's cheap. Let's just throw it away. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, in ways that that's, that's kind of hard. I mean, I wrote an article for Commercial Integrator about, you know, legacy gear and how we tend to throw it away too early. Uh, look, I still have a Sony Wega. It's 15, 25 years old now, I think. I refuse to get rid of it until it breaks down. <laughs> I got flat panels everywhere else in the house, but that one's still kicking, and that's going to be used. Yeah. Um, but it really does come down to what do you want to do with it? And what does the professional commercial version offer you? If it's three times the money for stuff that you probably aren't going to use, then it might actually be a truism. And we all know this. We, we've talked about this when we first started this program. A lot of what we talked about was you can't hang and bang anymore. You're not going to make money. Flat nope. panel sales are in the realm of the consumer. It's done. This is further proof of that. Unless you need a specific purpose or there's some kind of feature that makes it very attractive, it is a disposable item to many people. Yeah, and the, the one thing that, that took me by surprise was the fact that this consumer grade had 232 port on it, right? Mm -hmm. and that's something you used to only find in, in commercial grade. And now, you know, right. like, he, like he said, he only... He, careful he, with that 232 port. Hey, that 232 port's important. Until you dig into it and realize it doesn't, it's not 232 the way you know it, but it's some 
weird thing that they do. No, most of the time it's most of the time it's pretty straightforward. The only the only time I've ever ran into an issue was when Sanyo used to make displays. Um, they would get funky every once in a while. And I don't know if it was they were using somebody else's chipsets or what, but those commands were, were sometimes funky. You know what the real problem with the 232 of the last 10 years has been the California and the energy savings. Oh yes. And mm-hmm. what happens is they part of to qualify they turn off the 232. Yep. You can't. You can turn it off remotely, but you can't turn it on remotely. Nope. And it often would just die on you, and you wouldn't figure it out why. And trust me, hours of tech support until Fun finally figured that out. That they went, oh, and let it be known that they won't admit it ever. But to all of us commercial and residential professionals, there's always a firmware that subverts that. Always. Just test, you have to plead and beg and piss vinegar enough. <laughs> all right. I, I didn't realize that when I, I just, you know, said yeah. screw it. You can just go standby mode instead of t- fully turning it off. So, Well, it helps them meet the California code especially. Uh, that little millivolts pushes it over the edge of whatever rating they need to be able to sell it or qualify it. Darn hippies. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, damn hippies. Damn hippies. Uh, Bill, what do you think when it comes to commercial versus uh, uh, consumer-grade displays is it worth is it worth the premium we we pay for for professional grade um i think it is a job of letting the end users know that it is um when we really kind of mix it mix and match you know devices um systems and displays and say, oh, I'll do whatever I can to keep you in your budget, you know, type of thing. We miss um, the opportunity to really um, explain what, you know, pro AV is, that it needs to be, um, and compared to, you know, consumer rate. Um, and so, because we haven't done a uh, a good level of Way of explaining that or making sure, um, our you know the end user doesn't get it. You know they don't. They really don't understand. They just think that you know we're you know tech guys. We you, you know. A- All right, Bill has, Bill has gone bye bye. Uh, Bill has left the building. Bill has left the building. <laughs> he dropped the mic and walked you know, out. You know what? I, I, I should Thank never you. again make fun of Chris Nutto's internet connection. I'm just, you know. Uh-huh. He did say that he was having trouble at uh, Time Warner or whoever their provider is. See, ISP I wasn't like, going to mention the um, provider. Hey, call him out where it's relevant. Uh, especially when it's Time Warner and they have more money than God, you know. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, I'm sure it was a very, very good, valid point that that Bill was going to make, and uh, if he gets back on, we'll we'll let you him like continue. It's a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's it. It's a it's a bill hanger. Uh, right. um, you know what? It's it's. I'm feeling giddy this afternoon, so <coughs> screw it. Uh, excuse you there, Mister Neto. All right. Um, not that any of us really deals directly with ADT, but here here's where I'm going with this, and follow me if you will, please. Uh, ADT and, and Tyco Integrated Security had a uh, basically it was a it was a non-compete right it was an, an agreement that they would kind of work together and that has expired so now ADT is apparently headed towards the commercial market dun 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 for those of you in security hang on to your hats um, and let's find some creative ways to make some money the other part of this is this there are more and more um, commercial security companies that are getting into uh 
honestly getting into control and, and, and providing different levels of control and automation and stuff like that. Chris, is this something that we need to keep an eye on and, and watch ADT as they navigate the commercial waters and see if they start, you know, see if they start doing, um, is see if they start doing, uh, you know, automation or is this just, you know, they're going to get into, you know, they're going to get into, uh, uh, security and that's pretty much it. Deja vu all over again. Uh, we've, every, it seems like every three months there's a story about some company getting into, you know, one of these big companies, whether it's ATT, whether it's ADT, whether it's Tyco, this is not the first, not going to be the last. Um, I think that they want to do the smart home in a very broad spec. You know, they want to do your security. They want you to be able to turn on a light on and off while you're away from the house to give you that, you know, type of control. Uh, maybe they monitor that your garage door is open or closed. Um, they are not going to program settings into your home theater system or your TV that says that when I put in a DVD, turn it to 5.1 or 7.1 stereo. I don't think they're going to get into that point. I think it's more of a general big envelope around your house so that somebody has it on their iPhone. It's a service that they offer. I don't know. I, you know, I've been waiting and waiting to hear more details and, and see or hear from people that have had the, the smart home thing done. Uh, none of these companies are going into the depth that we see, you know, the residential companies go into. I mean, I'm sure Rich Fragosa can tell you, uh, you know, the crazy things that he has to program from coffee makers to probably a Roomba for all yeah. They're not going to go there. So I look at it as, okay, fine. They are not going to be true smart home things. They're not going to go into your kitchen. They're not going to wire your refrigerator to your, to your router and, send you messages that you're out of milk. I mean, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's great. You tell me that my lights are on. You turn them on at, you shut them off at nine. Yeah, that's pretty much what I see it as. All right, George. Not, no, no sell here. <laughs> no. George, should we be worried about, or should we, should, should integrators be worried about, you know, ADT moving into a more commercial uh, space? The, the phrase that keeps going through my head is not yet. 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 I think they have a built-in clientele. They have a built-in infrastructure and telecommunications network that could do very well for it. It's why my uh, security company can control my lights if I wanted them to. It's for an emergency, but it's not that far of an extension to have keypads. What's the one thing we've seen security companies have a real big problem with when we as integrators come in with our automation systems and our pretty little touch panels? Keypad cells are gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might be true, and some are, and some are. Let's be fair. But what they're most angry about generally, and why they get sometimes petty and go, "See, I told you it was their control system." Mm -hmm. When something goes wrong, is because they've lost their keypad cells. They come in, they're told to get, you know, the installation of the key, the main keypad, the one upstairs. We integrate everything else. That's a lot of money they're losing with the overhead that they sell those things at. We all know what keypads cost, even ones that are specifically proprietarily designed. They're not that much money, and they're charging five, ten times what they need to. It's their markup. And when you lose that, you get angry. So I think there's a way for them to say, hey, we're publicly held, most of them. As you mentioned earlier, what would you have to do to make publicly held companies and your investors happy? Expansion, 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 growth potential, growth potential. Short term it works, long term it may not or may, but 
you just sort of keep that bubble floating. And I think that's really what they're looking at. And I think, yes, eventually they'll have some impact. Whether that means they team up with Nest inside or Intel inside or AMX inside. Yeah. They'll be there, and they're going to be a major player eventually. That'll be something interesting. One of the things that came out of CDO was the, the, the phrase, quote-unquote, works with Nest. Uh, George kind of made, made allude to it, but that is, that's Nest's uh, version of Intel Inside is works with Nest, and that, that means that the company plays well with it. Uh, Crestron was one of the companies that did get that, but I, I looked to ADT and, and other companies like it uh, that are already getting into the homes, uh, and this is not far-fetched. There are other security companies that have gone down the, the smart home slash home automation road before. Uh, and they're getting into, you know, th- this, that, and the other. So it- it'll be interesting to see. All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap this up talking uh, one more thing about, uh, well, displays. Uh, but this is something that's kind of neat. Uh, it's an indoor-outdoor display. It- it's an outdoor display. Let me say that first, right? Um, Specsiora is is an outdoor <laughs> display, but they're being specced inside. Uh, it's a story by, by our buddy Jason Nott over, over at uh, CE Pro came out of Cedia. A couple of reasons why really, really fascinate me. One is the fact that it has, uh, it's got glare uh, resistance. It also has heat resistance. So people are putting these over uh, fireplaces. We can have an entire show where we have nothing but people yakking back and forth about whether or not it's proper to put a display in a fire over a fireplace. It is not, period. <laughs> Matter of fact, George, that should be a crosstalk. Where, do you, yeah. where, where can you can and not, cannot, Put a display over a fireplace is one of them. As long as you're going to use it, if you're never, ever, ever going to use the fireplace, then sure, knock yourself out. But if you're ever going to put fire in that thing, no. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, but George, where, where? I mean, this is an interesting thing. Where else can you see, you know, applications for? Kind of an in, an outside a, a, a display that's spec for outside and created and made for outside, being placed someplace else inside. Well, I think this goes back to our conversation about commercial versus um, consumer. Consumer. Here, in this case, it really does work for the what the interior designers wanted. Now we yeah we can have the whole argument about fireplace. It, let alone the heat. It's the you know whole why do I feel like I have to look up to watch my TV, um, which is just ridiculous when most people are doing this nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> to look at their tablet. It just seems an to, to that. I said that wrong, but I couldn't get the word out. Um, but it does provide very bright and very good contrast, even in real bright sunlight. It provides some impervience to weather and dust and little, little bugs, it says in the article. These are probably good things, especially if it's over a fireplace where that's the one entrance where a lot of the creatures may or may not get in. But I think especially the high contrast, high brightness, even in bright, bright sunlight, makes it really, really good thing for that living room with the fireplace that's right adjacent to bay windows or to a green room or to a greenhouse of some sort. It really does find a niche right there. And I'm sure it's durable as all get out. It'll probably last X times longer than your standard consumer mounted flat panel. Yeah. So I could see that being something really, really cool that they just extend with. All right, Mr. Neto, where else do you see this this going besides, you know, the great outdoors where it's impervious to heat and rain and all sorts of things? You're muted there, brother. Wow, I just did a 
flub. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time that we've had a flub. This it's not the last alive, time. This is alive, just in case you didn't wonder. <laughs> and I tell my uh, my my customers every all the time, make sure you're unmuted. Yes. Or use the mute button. Well, I forgot to just oh, I just do there. All right. So back to what George was saying. Yes. As houses are being built, uh, you know, new construction, especially more modern houses, everybody's looking for open space, wide, um, you know, um, open great rooms and stuff like that. You have the, the, all the light, everything coming in. Awesome. You pay three thousand dollars for this TV, you can't watch it. Now you got to drop another two grand on window shades, or maybe you have to tint your windows, or maybe where you intended to put that TV is not an optimal place to watch it. You know. Yeah. So maybe something like this will 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 solve that. Uh, on the commercial side, uh, I could tell you, and I've shown you pictures, Tim, of conference rooms that are in a complete glass buildings oh, yeah. in a complete glass room. Uh, floor, uh, excuse me, not the floors being glass. That would be <laughs> that would be no, weird. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> an HR person that just their head exploded. There are so many things wrong with a glass floor there that it would be not right. But there's glass. I have a, a room that's glass ceiling and four walls of glass. You're in a fish queue. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because the building itself is all glass and there are solar panels on the top of on the roof to harness the sun. So the solar panels get the sun and it still allows light to filter into the space. Well, glare comes from every angle on this in these rooms depending on what time of day it is. A display like this would obviously be a very uh, very good choice for something like that because it's it, there's just no right or, way, right or wrong way to do it. There is no shades. They went with electrostatic glass which at certain times of the day it looks like you're standing inside a big fluorescent tube when the, with the light blowing you out from the front or blowing you out from the back. So I can see this having an application there. Um, uh, another place that I could see this um, Though I, I did it, I have a flat screen in my garage. You know, you're in the garage, you're doing stuff, you want to see something on your computer, if you're working on a project or a car or something, instead of looking at my tablet, I put it up on a, on a screen. Now, I have a commercial monitor in there that, was, uh, that I was able to put in there. It's an older monitor, but it does the trick. Kind of weird if you want to put LCD in there because of the temperature fluctuations and all that. If you have a heated garage, not a problem, but if you put this stuff in a workshop where the temperatures can get really cold, yeah, you may want a more durable thing. So, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to put in a, in a in an outdoor space or in a cabana. In a cabana? Well, we don't we don't have cabanas here. Cabana. <laughs> uh, Stop it. Cabanas either. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, you live in South. You live in South Jersey. I thought you guys all you guys had cabanas. Well, yeah, that's the tropics of New Jersey. Oh, I. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the swamps, which is where George is today. Yeah, I understand. Exactly. That's exactly where I am. Yes. The Senecaucus. Is it Senecaucus? Secaucus. Secaucus. Uh, all right. Anyway, not the armpit of the world, but it's damn close. <laughs> it's close. You can see it from there. Uh, all right, Bill, you'll have the last word on this. Um, uh, indoor or outdoor displays indoors. What, what are some of the uses here? I think with the new designs that are, you know, that are happening in, um, uh, in residential and commercial spaces, uh, really giving other options um, for I inside displays will will really um, I guess leverage displays more um, because you you walk into a lot of of you know green buildings that are you know wide open 
you know, but one projection that you're fighting, you know, you're fighting with that look and you're fighting with that dis display and they want to do all, all those other things. And so the more that we look at how um, we're, you know, you know, how the spaces that we work in and that we live in are changing, um, I, I think this indoor-outdoor type of displays um, is, is the right way to go, or at least look at it um, at least more than this definitely has to be indoor or this definitely has to be outdoor. You know, I have to fight with people about putting displays over their, um, their fireplace, but, you know, but the, every um, advertisement that they see, that's where it is. So they just want to, to match that. So um, I think with the new designs that are out there, this, is, um, this makes sense. Hey, I want to know who makes the decision to put those TVs there. I, I happened to stumble across an HGTV show. I was something with the brothers. I, forgive me for not knowing it, but they really tried hard to tell the, the, the homeowners not to do it, yet they still did it. And every design magazine you see has them there. I, this is the crosstalk. I really just don't get it. <laughs> I still don't get who's making the decision to put it there. George, designers don't like tech, man. That's... <laughs> yeah. That's... Then why would you put it on the mantelpiece where other artistic things belong? That's because you can put version of roasting us, man. They want to put it in the fire. So it's, it's it. subversive. Yeah. It's no. Here's here's what it is. It it is it, it is the uh, um you put like famous pieces of art there like on a loop and then you know they can they can call it decor and then charge you know fifteen times what it cost. I don't know. I got nothing. All right. <laughs> One is this TV, by the Somebody way, ought to make a law. Is this TV marine grade? Oh, jeez. The, the only reason I'm saying this is because if you're going to – one of the tough places to put TVs yes. is at places that have – like bars or houses that are at the shore. Or yachts. Yeah. Yachts. <laughs> Not that we know anything about that, but yeah, well, no, no, I, 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 I would assume. I, well, I'm I'm somewhat making fun, really but but one of the one of the programming classes, I think my last programming class for certification, uh, I was in class with a guy, and that that was their business. They they did nothing but 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 yachts. <laughs> it was you know, he showed me some of the installations. It's like holy crap, are you kidding? And, and some of the things I, I didn't realize were the weights, right? The the weight of certain products, and so. Chris, to your point, I don't think it would be necessarily marine rated because the weight on these things are, is so much when you compare it to a regular uh, or a, a, an indoor rather uh, an indoor rated yeah, you, display. You went, you went to the weight side. I'm yeah. thinking from a salt water, uh, yeah. salt mist, but destroying I'll, and floating. I will almost bet you from talking to this guy. What what I learned was that that the weight is more important than. Making sure you know, because they're putting you know they're putting switchers in and they're putting you know uh, control systems in. None of this stuff is is rated for for salt water, right? It's inside the cabin, this, that, and the other. Um, but they have to like you know, let's say that they they want to do you know an Innova or whatever. Um, uh, the uh, the you know the, the all in one system, right? Well, instead of doing that, they're going to buy you know an MC three or, or RMC three, a smaller processor because of the weight, right? Um, so yeah, that's that that apparently is is a bigger bigger concern. So, um, well, there's a place for the pay. Yeah, inside of yachts. Yeah, there you go. All right, <laughs> shut up. All right, one last thing, uh, and this is uh, you know what? This is something I'm I'm I should say I'm I, I almost said I'm awfully proud of. I had very little to do with this. I, I just think it was cool. Um, 
there it is. The dawn is. Can you guys see that? Right. Uh, the yeah. dawn of the Red Band Collective. Um, about a month or so ago, Mr. Neto uh, and the Red Band guys uh, said, said, "You know what? Um, let's kind of uh, fold what we're doing right now and, and take a break." Uh, and they have been uh, been reborn on uh, on the Aviation site. So, Chris, uh, give me a kind of a give a, give me give us kind of an overview of what you guys are thinking and what you guys are doing. Well, we have always, as a group, um, been independent. We've not had any advertisers. We've not done any of that sort of stuff. Um, that's all well and good. I've been paying for the site. I open up, you know, I I subscribe whatever that is to get my website up and running every year and hold the domain and stuff like that. Um, for writing pieces, people submitting it in, it worked fine. Um, but then things started to change. Uh, not so much, um, it wasn't so much a, you know, a change in technology. It was sort of like a change in what was going on within the group. Uh, when we start getting asked to come out to these shows, I mean, we've worked with you guys before, at Infocom, and we were there, so it, it it sort of worked. Now we're being asked to go to shows and to do coverage on shows, and you were in the same boat. Yeah. How do we do this? You know, it sort of became we're being asked to be more than just writers now. We're now being asked to do on-spot type stuff, attend our show, take a look at it, review it, and we're pulling, you know, we're trying. We're not big. Um, so that was part of the, the idea behind it. The other part to that was, you know, we reached a limit. You know, we were we were at a point where everybody was doing their own thing, and um, we were getting red band material. We were still putting it out, and we wanted to do more of a blanket type thing. So we had some opportunities to um, to go a couple different directions, uh, but. Ultimately, you know, I sat and talked with you about it. You guys did not have a blog component. We had the blog piece. We would like to do more in the interactive stuff with the podcasts and stuff like that. You have that. It sort of became a natural fit. You know, the good thing is, is that we also got along. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that it definitely sort of helps. made sense. <laughs> you know, we Nobody shared. likes we you, George. Shared. That just is, goes with the territory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we already shared, um, you know, a, a crossover members in, in George and Matt Scott, yeah. who wrote for me in the past before. Uh, so, you know, did they have some influence on it? I mean, I came right to you. I didn't go to George. Maybe I should have asked George since he was on the same team, but <laughs> <laughs> you sort of uh, get, Hindsight is twenty twenty. 20 there. Red Band, so 2020 vision now. now, buddy. Yeah. Nice, eh? <laughs> so now it's all clean. You he know, gave you a better deal, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we got a great deal. <laughs> I, I I got a six pack and a peep out of the deal. But the and, and, everybody and, else that came with me is. Wait a minute, uh, what beer? What? See, that's. Oh, that's. Yeah, yeah. I I am you in St. Louis. Blue ribbon again. I am in St. Yes. Louis. I, I'll just I'll just point that out. Actually, it's it's some Mickey's and maybe a, a forty St. Nides and. and Holy cow! But no, actually, Works what every we. Time. <laughs> Where's Billy D and the King Cobra ads when oh, you need them? Um, so, yeah, it was. It, it sort of became a natural thing. Uh, everybody, I did not make the decision on my own. I I, I called all the all the guys personally and uh, guys and girls and, and talked to them and said, "Listen, this is the this is what's being brought to us, and I have this opportunity with Aviation. Or what do you think?" 
And everybody came back with a resounding, well, it makes sense. It, it, you know, we already work together. It's not going to be putting a square peg into a round hole. Let's go with it. You know, it, it'll give us a, a big reach. If the whole purpose behind Red Band was to give people a place to speak and have their voices heard, I essentially just tripled that overnight by joining up with AV Nation. Um, so for these people that that write for me, you know, yeah, it's great. They now have a bigger audience. It was never about it was it was obviously not about the money. Yeah. It was sort of about let's let's take this and let's work on something bigger and move it to the next step. Because I think what happened was Red Band got to the point where we were just going to be posting blogs and posting content, and at shows we that we were all happened to get, we'd hang out and and do some fun stuff. That yeah. fun stuff can only go so far. We're now going to take it to another level, and unfortunately, now you got to put up with us. Oh, well, it, it, it's a good problem to have. So thank you very much for the, for the opportunity. I, I really do appreciate it. It's, I, think, I, I think it'll be a good thing, right? I, I think it'll, it'll lend a lot uh, to the voice, that the chorus that's already here. Uh, the one thing, I, I mentioned this last week, and, and, and Shrako Tr- Tr- kind of busted my, 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 uh, my chops on it. Uh, one of the coolest things about Aviation is that this is not just about one person or two people. Uh, and I point out the, the crosstalk that I mentioned earlier with George. Uh, I had nothing to do with that, right? George and, and Chris and, and Josh and, and uh, Mark Coxon uh, and Brock McGinnis and all these guys got together, and, and I was actually traveling to, to Little Rock, Arkansas when, when they did it. So, uh, not, you know, it, it, was, it was one of those neat things, and, and this just kind of adds, um, adds more, more, uh, more soldiers to the Army. So it was uh, very, very, very happy about this. So welcome, sir. Uh, all right, guys. Um, apparently, uh, Time Warner has completely pulled uh, the internet in North Carolina uh, because Mr. Brown is gone. But thank you, Mr. Uh, B.D. Brown, uh, Bill Brown from B.D. Brown Communications. Uh, you can check him out on uh, on the web as well as on Twitter. Uh, Chris, where can people find you, sir? You can find me at avnation.tv now. That is crazy. And you can find me on <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at uh, Chris. Underscore Neto at Chris underscore Neto. I'm there. I'm uh, doing a lot of different things. Um, oh, before uh, if if I get two seconds, yeah, we got a contest coming up. Uh yes we do. Yes we do. And it'll be out Monday. It's not. It's not we. It's, yeah, we're, uh, we ain't Kramer doing electronics. it. Yeah. Um, Say that again. It's we Kramer. ain't doing it. It's Kramer Electronics. Uh, they have asked uh, myself, uh, Bill O'Donnell, and Tim to be judges on some extraordinarily wild videos that they're looking for from their uh, customers. So we're going to be able to, we're, we're going to be reviewing some videos that are sent in from their customers on an application of their product, which is the KW11, which is a wireless HDMI transmitter. Um, you know, this is, this is, this came out of a conversation I had with them while I was at their uh, training uh, this past week, not this week, last week. Last week, yeah. Uh, they, they said, you know what, you guys have done videos, you guys know what's funny, what's good, what's bad, whatever. Uh, would you like to judge? And myself, uh, Bill O'Donnell was there, and I said, absolutely. And they said, well, bring Tim along as well. We'll, we'll feature you guys in as, as judges, and you guys make the decision as far as what the uh, users are submitting. So we're looking forward to that. That concert, that concert, oh, my God. Contest. That contest starts on Monday. The details will be out there. I'm sure we'll probably have something published on that mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Nation. And um, I'm looking forward to see. I love user videos. I can spend hours on YouTube watching 
you know, things fall on people's heads. So I'm hoping to see some good tech applications. <laughs> All right. Well, go, go take some cold medicine, dude. You. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Uh, Mr. Tucker. Um, I can't say enough nice things about you, so just tell people where to find you and find all your. You're the stuff. only one. Um, me, well, me, me find... and your ex-wife. So. Yeah. No, they don't say anything nice about me. <laughs> I am, I, of course, AV Nation and Commercial Integrator Tech Decisions Magazine, and occasionally I pop up on other guest posts everywhere else. So. Yeah. But, Go see those guys. They could really use your viewership. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, at Tucker Twos on Twitter. That is true. Uh, one of the cool things that uh, I'll, I'll say this real quick, and then I'll, I'll you know, go to web, go to the website avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Uh, one of the cool things that, that we're doing is uh, Josh Shrago, who is a Red Bander and now part of the Red Band Collective. Um, he and a number of, of folks are are doing something to kind of celebrate AV uh, Month. I almost said AV Week, AV Month with uh, with uh, Infocom International. They're going to try to post uh, an article every day, uh, thirty day, thirty one days for for AV uh, uh, AV month. So uh, check out that if you would please uh, under the blog section of of um, AV Nation. It's so crazy to say we have a blog section. Uh, so we have we have a blog section. Go by the website though, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. This program and a host of others, the the AV crosstalk I just mentioned, uh, is up there. Brand uh, the very first episode. Uh, we will have an RSS feed and a and a iTunes feed um, as soon as I get on the ball and make it. Honestly, uh, but it's it is there on on the page. You can watch Mark Coxon and Josh Shrago uh, duke it out along with. Uh, uh, Brock McGinnis being the uh, ever, ever so talented uh, moderator. Uh, you'll have, you can see uh, James Bedell in the lighting show, Pico Projector Guys live, live, uh, Ed Tech, which we kind of took a break in September, and I'll explain why in October. Um, and uh, and a, a host of others, uh, new uh, uh, State of Control is coming out too. So, Avi Nation. We have a couple of yes? new shows too. I'm sorry to interject on you no, there with the ending. But oh, that's right. We do, we do, we do. Up. Yeah. Uh, Cool stuff. Uh, Anthony Zotti. Yay! Tony No One from the DIY Show. The DIY Show will have a new one this month, but we have a new show called Poe. That is Power Over Ethernet. Very excited And it means that in all the senses you can think of it. Uh, and we're going to have uh, another show we're working on with a very well-known, uh, musically talented individual in the industry, which we'll announce later. Oh, geez. I wonder who that is. <laughs> the, the only... No, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of you guys. Who well, the narrows it down to about seventy-five percent of this industry. Well, that's true, but there's one who is very AV music centric. Just mm. put it that way. Uh, so yeah, go by the website, check all that. Uh, uh, check out our YouTube page. Uh, something that George pinged me and I forgot about. Um, we have a video of Peerless's uh, Peerless AV's outdoor uh, outdoor uh, display from Cedia. So if you go by the by the YouTube page, you'll see that it's also on our on our site as well. So, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week. <laughs> <laughs>